This episode of Hot Possum Horror is brought to you by Friendly City Books, Columbus, Mississippi's independent bookstore. Learn more at FriendlyCityBooks.com. y'all this is rachel i'm here with another installment of hot possum horror the creepiest podcast on the friendly city books podcast network Uh, with me today is michael mcquiston hello michael is a wonderful longtime bff of the bookstore Um, and for as long as he's been a customer at friendly city books i have been recommending slash pushing horror books to him they were thrown at me um, even though he's a self-proclaimed scaredy cat, he's always been game to read the scary stuff that I've asked him to. Um, and so today we're going to talk about all of the horror books that I've pushed on him, which ones he loved, which ones ruined his life and where we can go from here and what else I can make him read. So Michael, let's talk creepy books. <laughs> all right. So we're going to start with Devil House by John Darnielle. This one is, this was, um, as I've said before, I think a quiet voice, more literary horror. Um, it's, it's a novel, but it's written like a true crime story. hundred percent. It was like reading a true detective type thing. Yes. It was like great. And the <laughs> fact that like, I got like gloomy office room vibes with the little <laughs> swinging lamp with the one light shining down and watching this detective get lost in this. Mm-hmm. And it was... It was good. I, I liked it, too. It It's one that, even though it was sort of slow to unfold, it felt like everything was very deliberate, and you just, like you said, get sucked into this world. It's almost lulled you into it, you know? It was it was like a weird, quiet suspense, mm-hmm. and the fact that I didn't get any, like, scary jump scares or anything to it, but... If there was to be a TV adaption of any of these four books, I would watch this go yes. on HBO Max immediately. Definitely. Yeah. So this book is about a true crime writer who buys this house where supposedly some sort of satanic ritual happened. And so his method is to go to the places and sort of like become one with the place in whichever way he can. So he buys the house and he moves in and we're getting the story written by him as it unfolds. There is a twist at the end, which we won't give away. Um, But yeah, it's, it's not jump scare scary. It's atmospheric and moody and just like, where is he going with this kind of thing? It was interesting because like you said, and I also said that it was (laughs) the, uh, I didn't feel like, Oh gosh, there's something around the corner, but I could Feel my pulse steadily increasing, Mm -hmm. albeit slowly, and watching everything unfold because, as we mentioned, his methodology of being a detective is to be like, be in that Mm -hmm. scene, and you're watching him like descend into this house. Yes. And you, you become invested in the characters, the, the characters, the people, the kids he's writing about like through his eyes. So you also get that emotional component too, where you're like, 
you know it's not going to end well because he's a true crime writer. Right. And it was cool <laughs> because you can, I initially didn't enjoy that as he dives into a character mm-hmm. that uh, he, the detective, not he, the author, that mm-hmm. it switches to a first person perspective. So like mm-hmm. it, instead of going they, it was a you. Yeah. And it like almost punches you in the gut to like, now you're this person. Yes. it. it I remember now it took me a little bit to sort of get used to the switches in perspective. But then once you do, it, you don't, I didn't notice it after a while. It just worked. And I think that was what made this book special, I, I suppose is the correct word for it, is <laughs> that it started to, uh, there used initially it was an, a huge separation between you and mm-hmm. they, and towards the end, it was a very much us to me. Yes, which reflects you know, how intertwined he's become with the house and the story and the things that we're not going to spoil for anybody. <laughs> it was it was a great descent into a detective getting into this and perhaps going too deep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So last episode of Hot Possum Horror, we talked about the Hot Possum Horror meter where we sort of rate the scare factor of books And what I mean by this is how likely is this book just to keep you awake at night scary? We're not really getting into different kinds of content, different kinds of horror, just flat out scary. So, Michael, how where would you put Devil House on the Hot Possum Horror Meter? Looking at these Hot Possum Horror Meters, (laughs) um, I'd say it's a level two for me because I'm a chicken, but I could see normal people that read this genre often would put it definitely in a level one. Yeah. I put it solidly at a level two for me. That's a little (laughs) creepy. I still think about it, Mm -hmm. but not in a I need to leave the light on kind of way. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a, a good world for it to live in on the list. All right. So next up, Ghost Eaters. <laughs> this book. By Clay McLeod. McLeod. McLeod? In my head, I say McLeod, and I know that's not right. Clay McLeod Chapman. Um, Mr. Chapman, if you're listening. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um, all right. Ghost Eaters. Now, this was one I think I had to push you a little extra to read that's true it has ghost eater in it nothing of this is my cup of tea (laughs) also the cover image is really freaky not not quite as scary as nothing but black and teeth but but pretty creepy i'm not reading whatever that book you just mentioned is (laughs) that's okay (laughs) all right so ghost eaters um if you're into what i believe the youths are calling sporer mushroom horror spores all the things yep yeah i've I've seen that term floating around and i think it fits thankfully i have not (laughs) so this story is about a 20 something girl and her group of friends one of whom um dies at the beginning of the book from what they are told is a drug overdose and it's i will say like the writing about the friendship and just their vibes was very real I mean, I didn't go through something exactly like this, but I saw a lot of people I have known, including myself, in this group of friends, and it was rough. It was very much, um, I also wasn't like super commonality with this, but I know of people that had this group of friends, Mm -hmm. and you can see like the leader, the follower, the Mm -hmm. girlfriend, the the outsider weird friend. Yeah. And And they, they weren't just, it wasn't just like, 
trope stock characters. Like, you can tell that this author is pulling from life. Right. They weren't like, yeah, like you said, they weren't copy-pasted. These people had their own lives, mm-hmm. and you could see it. Yes. So right off the bat, you're you're getting hit with a lot of feelings, a lot of grief. And then you also are getting hints of social commentary in this Oof. book. Wasn't that so cool? So talking about... Uh, the character was talking about how she lives in, was it Richmond, Virginia? Yes. And um, how her family is, you know, white, wealthy family. Um, obviously, she is at odds with them over some social justice things and how people are treated and all that. Um, but as the book goes on and there becomes more talk of ghosts, figurative and literal, you the history of slavery and class warfare and poverty and all this all these types of inequality in the city come to light because she's seeing the literal ghosts that live there and it, that was very powerful it was it was i don't want to say grounding but it was a way to drag me as the reader <laughs> into it that just because the all these things happened in the past doesn't mean that it went away yes like she keeps bringing up he he keeps bringing up uh, the murals around the city mm-hmm. and like, yeah, there's a story behind this. Yes. And like this little plaque on the door that you entered into this factory that burned down. Those people mm-hmm. didn't just disappear. We just didn't talk about them anymore. Yes. And that was that was very moving, I thought. And I I'm seeing that trend more in horror literature that's coming out now. And I think it's fantastic. I think my favorite slash least favorite thing of this book was that it was so realistic to me like i Mm -hmm. could see this maybe that's what you're talking about like this modern way of telling horror yeah i could i can see it and uh i think that's what made it so like engaging to Mm -hmm. me yeah so in the supernatural part of the book the idea is that they the characters find this or get access to this particular mushroom that it's not just hallucinogenic it supposedly lets you talk to the dead and they go on this journey to try to contact the friend who has passed away and it just spirals out of their control we'll say it gets very creepy it gets very visceral with spores and mushroom dust and I felt like I needed to take a shower after reading this book. I can absolutely agree. Um, for me, <laughs> it was I. This was of the four that I was had books thrown at me. This is the <laughs> only one I had to put down a few times because mm-hmm. it was just a lot. Yeah. Um, not just necessarily for the. There wasn't again. There wasn't much jump scare for me, but it was the buildup, and it was just like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. this is happening right now. Yeah. It's it's very intense, and I. I would say it is definitely on the on the creepier side of books uh, of all I I've read. Way agree. <laughs> I read it in one sitting. Like I, I was so just like holy shit that I couldn't put it down. There are times in this <laughs> book, especially as things, as you said, start to spiral out of control, mm-hmm. that I had to put it down every couple of pages. I was like, mm-hmm. this is not getting better, and in no <laughs> way does it seem like it's going to end well. Yeah, and. Again, we're, we're not going to spoil, but like at one point near the end, you think it's going to be fine. And then, and I was like, no. Okay. So yeah, um, mushroom horror, a lot of grief 
in in horror with this um very creepy like apparitions um a lot of fungus and growth if that's your thing this, this is the book for you <laughs> the most in your face of all of them yeah just just because there were no jump scares does not mean this is not an intense book no that one I don't want to say changed me, but mm-hmm. this is what I imagine when I'm like, nah, I'm good on the horror <laughs> stuff. This was it. Yeah. I I still think about this book Ugh. all the time. I hope I forget it. It was <laughs> that engaging. Like, I'm glad I read it. It was very well written. And if this is your thing, this is a good book mm-hmm. for you. I am not for me, but yeah. man. <laughs> and that's, I think that's valuable for people to hear too. Like, you appreciate the writing and, and the and the impact of the book and the story, even if it's not something you would have picked up on your own. Right. Don't yes. get it twisted. I'm glad I read <laughs> this book, but I will never read it. And now I know not to read Sporer, sp- Mushroom Horror. Not my jam. Well, they're not. They're not all like that. Okay. Sylvia Moreno Garcia. Um, was it Mexican Gothic? Oh, I think I liked that book. Yeah. That wasn't like this. Okay, but fair it, enough. So it just depends. Uh, this not, one was visceral. <laughs> yeah. Let's not, like, not all, hashtag not all mushrooms. Um. <laughs> hashtag not all mushrooms, which is humorous, because I do, in fact, like the shamanistic thing about mushrooms. <laughs> mm-hmm. This was just the very creepy horror side of it. Yeah. When mushrooms go bad. When mushrooms go bad. <laughs> so where would you put this on the hot possum horror scale? Absolutely a four, <laughs> pushing a five for me. I okay. had to stop and walk away and think yeah. happy thoughts. Yeah. For me, I would... Do I have it on the list over there? I would put it maybe at a three, four in that area. It's not one that kept me awake, but it was weird. And I think I may have like had some weird dreams one night after reading it. Yeah, so let me push it back. That was just me being <laughs> dramatic. Probably a level three for me, a level four. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, it wasn't super scary. It was very much a more of a mind damage thing <laughs> where I was like, oh, I'm going to have to process this. Yeah. Yeah, like you gotta go watch um, cartoons or something. I, afterwards. I actually did and watch a bunch <laughs> of cartoons after this just to make me feel better about life in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very well written. Don't yeah, it's a great book. <laughs> it's it's one of my all time favorites. Of course it is. <laughs> but I love getting different perspectives. Fair enough. On it, it was a very pr- second. No, it was all of these books are very well written, but this <laughs> one is the one that affected me the most. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. And it I didn't w- scare me the most. That one's coming up next, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and the, those are two different things. A book that affected you the most versus just flat out scared you. Right. This one I engaged with the most. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well done, Mr. Chapman. Yes. All right. So, yeah, the book that scared Michael McQuiston the most out of this list, The Haunting of Hill House mm, by Shirley creepy. Jackson. A classic. And I will admit, I had not read this until recently. I'd read other Shirley Jackson, but I had not read this one. And so I read it shortly after you did. It's creepy. I think the first chapter, my entire persona went, this is, I'm never going to that house. (laughs) And it was like the first four pages, the Mm -hmm. way that uh, Miss Jackson portrayed, like wrote this. Mm -hmm. Not good vibes. Very effective. Um, And I, I think we were talking earlier about how, how neat it is, I think, that as a modern reader and having read some really out there stuff in my lifetime, the fact that this book can still 
genuinely creep me out, like that's why it's a classic. Yeah, it this, has stood the test of time. I 100% agree. <laughs> like this is a classic, not because a lot of people liked it. This is a classic because, like you said, it's 2023 and mm-hmm. this is obviously a dated book that still gave me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. And I mean, there have been movie adaptations done of it, too. Does not surprise me. Yeah. I've seen one or two of them when I was uh, way too young to have seen them. And I still remember very specific scenes. Um, But, you know, the book, obviously compared to the movies, a little more stripped down. It's I think I expected a few more jump scares than there were. But I was not disappointed by Uh, the scare factor. I think I enjoyed it more. Obviously, I've never seen those movies Mm because, again, I'm a chicken. (laughs) But I think I enjoyed that it wasn't like gory or anything. Mm -hmm. It was just scary. This is a book that's just scary. Yeah. She she knows how to let your imagination fill in. Man, did she. It was a whole lot of like (laughs) fill in the blanks that are going on Mm -hmm. where it's like, yes, but what is that? Mm -hmm. And your brain goes, that? (laughs) And then you start to get freaked out, and it just keeps that pace through Mm -hmm. all of it. It has a little bit of lull, and then that, with a question mark, happens, and it keeps you going. Yep. I I read this at my mom's house, sitting in the living room with her, but we only had, like, one lamp on. And I was like, this, I am frightened right now. Yeah, I I initially read this at night, thinking it wasn't going to be that bad. And then this was a very much, I read it in the break room at work during the day. So that I could have somebody else look around. Like, I would occasionally read a, a thing that would happen and then look around to make sure, like, <laughs> nobody else is freaking out. Everything's okay. Yeah. All right. Yep. Another one that I think affected me similarly when I read it, another classic that I thought, oh, this is fine. And I, like, read it in college in my dorm room with all the lights off because I don't know why. The Yellow Wallpaper. No, thank you. By Charlotte Perkins Gilman. Um, very unsettling in in a very similar way to The Haunting of Hill House, um, if you're interested to explore that, Michael. I highly recommend <laughs> uh, any of you horror fans out there to read this book. Yeah. This was horror to me. Of yes. all of the ones that I have read, this one was what I expected to mm-hmm. read. This was very yeah. good. It's it's a classic. I mean, it, it needs to be in any horror fans library i I think it's just wonderful um so where would you put it on the hot possum horror scale four (laughs) yeah yeah i'd say definitely three to four four. that for me it's a solid four people that are probably more used to this kind of stuff Mm -hmm. probably a three but this is going to get you Mm -hmm. it is and i love it it's delicious all right so scaling back on the just super creepy the the last book that we or that I pushed on you to read was The Clackety by Laura Synth. And this is we're we're departing a little bit. So this is actually a middle grade novel, but it's middle grade horror. And I thought it was delightfully creepy for a middle grade book. Which makes me feel bad because this was my favorite one out of all of them. <laughs> um, I enjoyed this book so much. I think this is the one that I actually bought and I pushed this book myself on other people. Yeah. This was a delightful, imaginative ride. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was my my level of horror I can deal with on a regular <laughs> basis. Uh, and I look forward to other things by uh, Laura Synth in yeah. the future. Yeah. So this book is about a girl whose parents have 
disappeared in her mind. Um, her aunt that she has come to live with is trying to help her process her grief and accept the fact that they've died. We never really get that answer at the end of the book. Um, So her aunt is a witch and she is investigating this abandoned factory, like out in a field somewhere outside of town. Um, She disappears and the girl is like, I'm going to go after her. Yeah. Never again. (laughs) She meets this thing in the factory who calls itself the clackety and it basically tells her her aunt has been spirited away to this other adjacent realm and that she has to go after her there um and it lets her through and i think he makes a deal with her like if she doesn't succeed by a certain time in getting her aunt back that he gets to like feed her soul to some other thing i don't know how to properly talk about this book without giving away some stuff Mm -hmm. i am genuinely excited about this book and me it was such an excellent ride through trauma Mm -hmm. and healthy ways to do it of loss and the it was i keep saying imagery again because this one uh, i got to see a whole bunch of stuff Mm -hmm. that i think that the author intended for me to see while they wrote it Mm -hmm. and um yeah, I loved the ant a whole bunch. I loved the disappearance and the uh, the main protagonist being like, I will never lose this again, mm-hmm. and I'm willing to deal with all of this stuff that I haven't dealt with and able to get this. Yeah. Yeah, her, her journey to get her aunt is her dealing with traumas. Right. Um, and it, it was beautiful. It was emotional. Um, the clackety itself was very creepy. It was. I loved that. That this monster. was like um, a very similar vein to me, anyway, as like a monster calls, mm-hmm. who's uh, that kind of trauma dealing with trauma thing in an odd mm-hmm. way. But this was like on the other page for horror kind of stuff instead of fantasy. And I yeah. uh, maybe that's why I enjoyed this so much. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely one that I still recommend to people. It's and this may sound weird, but to me, it's like cozy horror. Almost. I agree. Maybe yeah, I. I was genuinely kind of like, ooh, man, that's kind of <laughs> weird, but in a almost healthy way. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, so, yeah, I, I loved the imagery in this, and I thought, you know, if, if I were 8, 9, 10 years old reading this, I might be a little creeped out, but not in a bad way at all, just no. in more of a thrill, like, oh, this is so cool. And as an adult, I was still able to experience that but also really get all the emotion out of it too and like it you know i think i may have teared up a little bit reading I, it, it I was absolutely so good did. um i think that this was a great way to point out that just because it's dark doesn't mean that the mysterious part of it is bad yes uh but you sometimes have to go into the dark to be able to achieve mm-hmm. something that you want and that's okay yes yes it is it is an excellent read for kids um you know, and talks about learning how to process emotions, like you said. Just just wonderful. I recommend it all the time. Um, you will think about getting bird tattoos after reading this book. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Oh, that was such a good part right? of it. <laughs> so y'all look forward to that and your potential slash future bird tattoos. Yes. And I, it seemed like it was setting up for a sequel. I would read it. So we'll, we will find that out and let y'all know. Because, yeah. yeah. It very much ended on mission success question mark yeah 
there are still questions to be answered for sure. I would read the second one, absolutely. Me too. All right. So even though the Hot Possum Horror Meter is built to uh, talk about adult horror, just for the fun of it, where would you put this Oh, a one. <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> yeah absolutely a one i don't even know if it would make it up to like true like spooky but like people that are younger well i say younger i enjoyed it so maybe this <laughs> is my break into horror was this book yeah i think that's the only this book was the only reason i think i decided to do this and read horror books is because this one was oh. pretty good i think this was my my gateway drug to horror books okay good to know that's high praise um yeah i and with spooky season coming up i mean it's august but to me it's already Halloween. it's already spooky season yes so like this would be a great one to read in Absolutely. the fall if you're like i don't want to be scared i just want the vibes like mm-hmm. the clackety for sure absolutely I would love to see the clackety made into a movie. Um, you know how, some, like, the kids' movies that come out that are kind of spooky, but they've got, like, the the stop-motion sort of Tim yeah, Burton like a style? two-dimensional type thing? Yes. I think this one would yeah, absolutely. be fantastic. If it was, like, a paper mache like, cutouts yeah. thing dancing across. Kind of like Coraline or something like kind that. Kind of like Coraline. Yeah. That would be awesome. All right. Well, those are the books that so far... I have pushed on you because I'm a pusher. It's true. The horror books you pushed <laughs> the on The horror books, yes. That's the, not even touching all the other books that we no. have. <laughs> you are very sweet. Thank you for, for letting us push books on oh, you. Oh, no, books. <laughs> um, I do have some more recommendations. I'm pretty sure some of these I may have. I'm, I know some of these I've talked to you, uh, talked about to you before. Whale fall. Whale fall. Yeah, oh God, yes. So that comes out Tuesday. I'm so excited. Um, I know I've talked about Whale Fall on here or on the Friendly City Books podcast already, but for anybody who does not know yet, Whale Fall is about a diver who gets swallowed by a sperm whale and he has about 90 minutes to figure out how to get out. It is one of the most beautiful emotional books I have ever read in my life. I was just texting my dad about it today and he was like, yeah, he was speechless. I was like, I know we were just losing it over this book. I'm going to be recommending it to everybody. Um, That's about Daniel Krause. Uh, Also, I will be interviewing him on the podcast later this month. So stay tuned for that. Uh, but I think you would really like Whale Fall. You like sci-fi, and it's got enough of a visceral punch that I would probably shelve it in horror, but it's it's a beautifully written, intricate book. Okay. So, yeah, I think I'm, you would enjoy I'm it. I'm a pretty easy sell. <laughs> uh, the Employees by Olga Raven. Um, like space horror, more quiet voice, very short novella, no jump scares, just weird Again, based on what you've read, I think you would enjoy that one. Uh, Mayfly. Oh, I just finished this the other day. Um, Serial Killers and like an homage to American Psychos set in Hollywood. It's wild. Um, Feminine rage taken to the extreme. I think you would appreciate this one. I don't know if you would genuinely like it (laughs) (laughs) i do appreciate some feminine rage it's it is interesting it 
it was good. It was kind of a slow build. Um, and then the other day I was reading it and just like my face, I was like, oh my gosh. And like someone walked into the store and I was like, oh, hey, what's up? <laughs> Everything's fine. Yeah, no, we're I'm good. This is this book isn't tearing me apart. <laughs> um, Silver Nitrate uh, by Sylvia Moreno Garcia, our queen. Um, this is the one that is about the cursed, haunted silver nitrate film stock of a movie that was never finished. And these filmmakers who are trying to finish it, and it sounds really good and really creepy. Huh. Uh, the Salt Grows Heavy by Cass Call. Uh, Caroline and I did an entire podcast about this and Nothing But Black and Teeth. But, Michael, I will say, whereas Nothing But Black and Teeth, the cover is super scary, and it's probably not something you would pick up, The Salt Grows Heavy is more super dark fairy tale retelling um, with more body horror. I'm going so, to have to take a break from horror stuff for a little bit. I, I know, I know. But just <laughs> to so put excited. these on your radar. And then, sort of to go with the clackety, The Horrible Bag of Terrible Things by Rob Renzetti. I'd probably buy it just on the title alone. This, um, this, came, this just came out, I think it was Tuesday. Um, I interviewed Rob Renzetti on the podcast about a week or two ago. Super cute. Um, another sort of like going on a journey through a weird land kind of story. And I, I'm finding that I just really like that setup. Um, this is more dealing with like sibling rivalry, but also some elements of like past trauma and um, how we tend to reframe our memories. It's very, very good. I'd say it's it's still lighter emotionally than the clackety, but I believe it's going to be a trilogy. Oh. So there's going to be more to come, but I think you would really enjoy that if you liked the clackety that, that much. Of the ones that you have recommended, I think <laughs> that's the one that you might be able to talk me into yeah. quickly. Yeah. Well, so what do you what do you think? Are are you still going to let us push spooky books on you sometimes? Absolutely. Okay. Everything that y'all have uh all the books that y'all have recommended to me horror-wise, I have taken with a grain of salt and then <laughs> hesitantly asked for more salt mm -hmm. so so we haven't scarred you for life nope. not um, yet i will never read the haunting of hell house again that's okay but yeah they've all been excellent reads i don't <laughs> think any of them were my cup of tea and that's fine mm -hmm. that doesn't mean they weren't good books no they were all excellently written yes um especially ghost eaters i don't think i have been that involved in a main protagonist in years yeah that's that's how I felt about Whalefall, honestly, Whalefall. but ratcheted up by about 20. Oh, wow. Yeah. So y'all have gotten some perspective from one of our regular customers who does not usually read horror, but who has trusted us to recommend some books. These are these are the thoughts. I will say, um, go outside of your normal genre. You'll be surprised. I was. Yes. And I, I am, too, every time I read outside my usual genres. So good good exercise for your brain. Well, thank you, Michael, for talking with us. This was fun. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yay. All right. So we will see you all next time on Hot Possum Horror. Happy creepy reading. This 
episode of Hot Possum Horror was produced and hosted by Rachel DeReese and co-hosted by Michael McQuiston. Music by Hartle Road. Hot Possum Horror is part of the Friendly City Books podcasting network. Hi, friends. It's Emily. Thanks for listening. Support Friendly City Books and other independent bookstores like us by shopping online at bookshop.org and libro.fm. Find us on social media at Friendly City Books, and don't forget to like and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Happy reading!